G'day everyone, welcome back to another episode of Spark Your Fire. Uh, it's your property segment today and I'm your host David Shi. Uh, it's my pleasure to be able to basically get another investor on to the show again today and his name is Daniel Lamp and welcome Daniel, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me David. That's awesome mate. We always love a good investor story and uh, I think you um and there's look you know I'll, I'll obviously introduce you a bit later but um you know like like i prefaced uh, a lot we 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 likes to we like to invite anyone and everyone who's got who's has a interest in property whether that's just whether looking at starting out or whether they're basically uh have already established portfolio if you got a story you're more than welcome to share and that's our overall goal here is to be able to continue to grow the investor uh, investor community um and by sharing and collaborating a little bit more in terms of our experiences etc cetera, etc cetera. so but anyway daniel um back to you today because it's all about you today um welcome to the show by the way um can you give us a bit of background in terms of uh who you are um and what do you do as a profession and um yeah, I guess let's just start off with that so our audiences know who Daniel Lamp is. Yeah, that's right. So I'm a, a doctor uh, currently based in Sydney. Um, so I uh, grew up in Sydney, um, went to medical school in Newcastle, mm. and I've now worked in a variety of um, different roles, including emergency, intensive care, uh, more recently general practice. General and I've worked in some rural um, locations as well. Um, and, um, yeah, um, passionate about property investing as well. Um, a fan of your podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's a shame that Jazz couldn't hear, but I'll pass on, yeah. I'll pass on the message to him as well. Um, so you're a GP or you're a doctor basically, isn't it? Yeah. How long does it actually take to it to actually get that GP qualification? Just cause you obviously you look, you, you're a very young guy. I reckon you're about 20, 26, 27. This year? Yeah, late 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 twenties. Yeah, late so 20s, basically, yeah. Um, medical school, I guess, ranges from about you know five to seven years, depending yeah. on whether you did an undergraduate or not. Yeah. Um, and then you do um, you know, kind of two to three years um in the hospital system, and then and then going to specialty training after that. Um, and yeah, general practice, um, is a shorter one, kind of two years. Mm, the other okay. specialties. Um, can take you know five six years plus yeah um, so yeah I've been um, working now for about six years um, and yeah at at the moment doing a mixture of um, general practice and emergency yeah. are you enjoying it I guess yeah. uh, you know as a as a, as a doctor because that's obviously a very important thing right like you got to enjoy your profession having studied so many years in medical school and having to see patients every day coming in and say, Oh, Daniel, I've got a sore shoulder. What do I do? <laughs> like, you know, like you, you enjoying basically having, having be able to help patients with their questions and, you know, in, in terms of the medical field side of things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, you know, learning in medical school, but also um, a lot of um, kind of, learning from patients that you see every day okay and they, um, they talk about it's you know similar to other industries you know continual professional development yeah um and um uh yeah i think that's very important and um yeah it is a privilege to be able to help people from all walks of life yeah that's true that that is one of the key privileges being a doctor because you you don't get to choose the patient that you get to see unfortunately most of the time they walk in they'll you know they'll they'll basically chuck the problem and you say daniel this is my problem you know how do we fix it right so 
Um, but it's good. It's good to see that you have a passion. Are you looking to specialize in a certain area at the moment or are you just happy to continue to go down the GP route at the moment? Yeah, happy to doing a mixture um, of uh, general practice and emergency practice. at the moment. Um, and yeah, I like the you know problem solving um, aspect, um, which I guess um, you kind of use similar skills in property investing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Because I'll, I'll, that's what I was going to say as well. You know, if you're if you like problem solving, and you like doing these things, then yeah, I, I would say uh, property investment is definitely one of those things that you, you're looking into. Uh, let's have a chat about actually, before we jump into your portfolio, um, I was curious because um, I don't know about your background, but I know the, the the general stereotypical type of Asian parents, as you can imagine, is, hey, you need to grow up to be a doctor or an accountant or a lawyer. Obviously, you're qualified as a doctor, so congratulations. That's one <laughs> tick. Has your parents put any pressure on you in terms of buying property as soon as you started earning an income? Uh, so, yes, I guess coming from um, a background, you know, migrant um, yeah. parents, you know, growing up, um, you know, the value of education, formal education, you know, being instilled. Um, and also as well, you know, um, uh, work ethic as well, which is mm. very important. Mm. Um, but no, um, yeah, my parents actually um, didn't put, you know, unlike the stereotype, didn't put pressure on, oh, you know, okay. studying medicine or or things like that. And also um, um, uh, not not really in, in regards to... Um, uh, property investing as well, I guess, because didn't come from a um, particularly well-off background. But right. um, I guess um, you know I was motivated to um, to learn about investing and you know create a better financial future. Um, that so that was also one of the reasons why I got into um, property investing in the first place. Mm. Okay, well no, that, that that's good. Okay, so your parents didn't give you that pressure to uh to say you know like because my did let's put it this way <laughs> like as soon as i started any income my parents were like you should be putting your money into property right um um but your parents didn't give you that pressure and they didn't sound like they they gave you any guidance in terms of how you should be handling money at the early age as well so what what exposed you to the idea of investing in property then like what was the what was the i guess the catalyst for you to be looking at this asset class yeah, so I guess, um, you know, similar to some of my friends as well, you know, growing up, I guess, you know, parents might um, teach you about the importance of, you know, saving money and mm. setting money aside, um, you know, get a good job, um, you know, formal education, um, things like that. But I guess I could already see from a early stage that, you know, just, um, just you know, earning, just doing a, you know, regular job, um by itself and just saving money wasn't going to exactly get you um, to financial freedom, I mm. guess, you know, especially with, um, you know, how high crazy inflation has been recently. Um, and also, you know, professionals, you know, paying a higher tax bracket, you know, just kind of saving is important, definitely important, but yes. wasn't the, um, it wasn't enough by itself. So I guess, um, you know, I considered different asset classes, you know, shares, um, property were kind of top them, I guess, dabbled with shares um, during university and, you know, some wins, some losses. Um, <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, attracted to real estate because tangible asset um, and also able to use leverage, um, you know, put in some of your money, but then use the bank's money to be able um, to purchase uh, good quality assets. Hmm. 
um, and also get some um, good consistent rental income as well. Um, and um, yeah, I guess that's what um, made me interested in property investing in the first place. Yep. Use a variety of resources um, such as um, property chat forums, uh, lots of books, um, e-books, um, and um, uh, attending meetups and things like that got me um, interested in property in the first place. Mm, okay, so you basically uh, educate yourself uh, early in the in, in in basically in the early stages through various sources of media, online forums, books, ebooks, um, meetups in person, that kind of things to to help propel yourself and surround yourself with like-minded people to be able to move that right. So, is that before you purchase your first property, or is that after? Like. Um, um, yeah, definitely. Even before, you know, definitely. Okay, good. I think you know, property investing is a um, you know big purchase decision um, and lots of moving parts. And definitely, I wanted to be able to educate myself as much as possible um, um, before pulling the trigger. Yeah. Mm. Out of curiosity, how long did that preparation phase took? So, from the time that you started getting exposure to property, from the inception of the concept till you go through all that process of self-educating, getting yourself up to speed until the time you pull the trigger. Do you know roughly how long that time frame took? Um, it's probably a couple of years, you know, during years, even, yeah. um, during my studies, as I said, I dabbled in shares, but then it was also, um, you know, interested in looking at property as well, but obviously, um, you know, not yet having a full-time income, you know, yeah, um, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't borrow yet, but, you know, what I could do, um, which I guess, you know, other investors can take home as well, even if you might not be in position to invest now. Yeah. You know, kind of um, learning, um, educating yourself with, um, um, you know, all the terms and the processes um, so that when you are in a position, you know, you're ready to to act. No, that's awesome. That's uh, that's great advice for people who start try to start out. And yeah, like a, a few years is pretty common actually when I when I think about it. You know, the amount of time that you need to absorb, the amount of time that you kind of need to get yourself up to speed. Plus, you're actually studying um, full time at, at that point in time for your medical schools as well. So, I um, imagine it's not an easy job, an easy feat at all. <laughs> so, but yeah, look out, uh, well done in terms of uh, obviously did all the hard yard, pull the trigger. Just from a high-level perspective, can you give our listeners a bit of idea in terms of um, how many properties you have at the moment, the size of the portfolio today? Yeah, that's right. So I've got um, two investment properties um, um, based in Queensland. Um, and yeah, um, in the near future, looking to um, grow my portfolio further as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess um, we can talk about numbers later, but sure. um, high-level um uh, the portfolio is probably worth a bit over uh, two million. Bit over two million. Okay. Um, yep. Mm -hmm. Rental income. Um, one of them is probably due to get a rental increase soon. Um, so probably I would say around the thirteen hundred okay. a week um, okay. gross rent. Um, That's so, not bad. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty good um, rental yield. Mm. Are we talking about? I guess uh, you're looking at probably about four point something percent gross for both properties ish around that thereabouts uh it's probably uh when i purchased yeah it yeah was, yeah okay that, that and it's it's um you know with the recent rental increases um, um across australia but especially um southeast queensland mm. um, yeah, rent rents going up yeah how much how much have your rents gone up for the for the two to sell yeah so um one of them um 
a few years ago was about 500, 520. Yeah. Um, and I think with um, upcoming rental increase, probably kind of 650. 650, and then wow. The, and, then, and then the other one um, initially 550 and um, now currently close to 700. So. That's about $150 increase. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, crazy. And that's in line with what we're hearing at the moment in, across Queensland as well. Um, there's a there's a huge rental crisis at the moment. Just tenants are struggling, struggling to find a place to rent, a decent place to rent. Um, so I'm not surprised. Okay, well, uh, let's start digging into a bit about your property story then. So how did you start with your first property? Like you've done your research, uh, obviously back at that time. Actually, when did you when did you purchase this first property? Yeah, so it's 2018. Um, so yeah. initially, um, I guess, you know, looking at the Sydney market, you know, it was kind of, you know, peaked or a little bit past its peak. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, did my research looking around Australia and identified, you know, kind of Brisbane being undervalued um, at the time um, and, you know, good fundamentals, you know, third largest um, capital city, um, mm-hmm. good interstate um, migration. Um, so um yeah that that's um that was a market i did a lot of research in and um um yeah that's made me um you know interstate investing as a as my first property yeah you were a bit uh, scared in terms of investing interstate uh initially like what was yeah. uh yeah well how was your what was your experience yeah so it was yeah pretty daunting at the time um and um i did use a a buyer's agent um you know i had assembled a team of professionals yeah. Um, such as accountant, mortgage broker, um, and basically identified um, at North North Brisbane. Um, basically, um, purchase price was five five sixty five k. Five sixty five. Yeah. And um, and uh, yeah, initially rent um, was a little bit difficult um, in terms of it was a bit soft at the time and. Mm. Um, and basically, one of the prospective tenants wanted an air conditioning installed in the in the master bedroom. So okay. negotiated that I would do that, but then they were willing to pay you know twenty dollars extra a week went rent. Okay. So yep. a bit of a win win situation. Yeah. Okay, that's good. All right, so about five sixty five purchase price. This is back in twenty eighteen. Um, which suburb is that? Uh, is this one at? Uh, it's kind of the uh, Brighton. Brighton, um, okay, um, yeah, north north side of Brisbane. <clears throat> yeah, that's good, um, good area, good area on there, that's for sure. And I think so. This one would have done really well, really well, I would say, isn't it? Because if you purchase that twenty eighteen, um, would be close to a mil now ish, I would say. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, probably just under. Yeah, about just under. Yeah, I, I would yeah. Say. yeah. Good growth, uh, given the fact that it's about four years, right? Like you're looking at yeah. uh, obviously it's paper equity at the moment, um, but yeah. still, <laughs> I think you know. If you look at shares, the, the, if you want to be able to be able to get that kind of return in within, say, four years' time, you're going to be really probably trading uh, every day and night and speculating mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of stress, a lot of white hair. Glad, yeah. Luckily, you don't have much white hair at the moment yet. So that's good. <laughs> that obviously shows that uh, the property is not treating you too bad. Okay, 2018. Uh, so that's the first property at Brighton. Um, you've used a buyer's agent. Uh, and how was your experience in terms of that? Like, if you look back to say... Um, you know, did, did you think that the buyer's agent have uh, this property? Uh, let's just say, um, if you look at if you look at buying it today, um, would you still be choosing this property? Would you still be happy to go ahead with it? 
Yeah, so I, I guess, you know, being a first-time investor, you know, having that um, buyer's agent kind of hand-holding through the process, um, um, I think was good at the time, you know, helped me to take action. Mm. Um, I guess if if I were to go back in time and buy again, I probably would buy something um, a bit larger land because that one was about 400 square metres. Okay. Um, 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 you know, I probably would have gone for a larger block of land and maybe you know, slightly less rent, a little bit older house. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I'm just happy um, did get in and and start and then, you know, always um, continue learning and taking it forward for future pro- um, purchases. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So that one, uh, so the the downside, 400 square meters, is it a brick house? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Modern brick? house. Um, Modern house. Yeah. How old is it? How old is it when you bought it? Oh, um, it was actually a new build. Um, oh, a new build. Actually, okay. Yeah. So kind of sourced the land and back then the build um yeah was was pretty cheap. It was about two I think it was two twenty K actually for the for the build, which you wouldn't be able to get yeah, now, no. nowadays. Um no. so overall it wasn't um too bad, you know, unlike um um, you know, some of my colleagues who, you know, kind of got caught up with some spruikers, you know, buying off the plan <laughs> apartments or yeah. you know, land, you know, say, you know, 300 square meters and, you know, the building itself costs more than the land, you know, those, um, you know, um, um, basically I could have done worse, but. Um, oh, that's okay. Everyone, the first one is always the one that we all have, have <laughs> to pay tuition on, tuition fee on, right? So <laughs> yeah. I'm no different. I, I'm still paying the price of my first off the plan purchase at this point in time. So, uh, right. Um, yeah. yeah, so you're not doing too bad. Was that a brand new, was it a, um, was that like a brand new house and land package when you purchased it or so, was it secondhand? It was built already. So purchased. it was kind of um, a small. So what, what was good is that it was an infill suburb, mm-hmm. right? So there, it wasn't like, you know, stacks and stacks of land that could be released for the next, you know, decades. Um, so it was a small, I think it was a 10, 10 lot release. 10 lot. Um, good. And, um, um, you know, you know, good um, demographic owner occupier suburb. Um, and then the buyer's agent had some connections with some uh, builders and um, um, and was able to um, purchase for yeah all in for as I said pretty good price five sixty five and um, you know still good uplift um, but looking back um, yeah could have done a little bit better if purchased um, larger block yeah yeah okay all right. But that's okay. I mean, uh, brand news has its own, I guess, um, pros and cons when it when you when you're coming to their first property as well. Um, uh, yeah, I think I know that when you dabble into something new in this type of fields, um, generally speaking, you know, you want you want more peace of mind uh, to a degree. And you know, like we all heard about maintenances, we all heard about repairs and that kind of stuff. So. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, look, you know, I'm sure that you've learned your you learned your lessons, and uh, you know, if you've done it again, you would know that you want bigger blocks of land, um, probably something a bit older. But you know, no one's perfect, so okay, that's good. So that's first property in Brighton, um, obviously done very well, and this one is renting now at around what six hundred and something, about to go up to about. 600. Uh, it's yeah, it probably it's due for renewal soon, and I think it'd be yeah about six fifty or so. Six fifty. Good. Okay. So that's awesome. That's pretty good. All right. Um, so that's 2018. And what happened since then after your yeah. first property? Um, so basically um, uh, 2019, um, okay. I guess, 
um, you know, difficult lending environment with the um, APRA um, at the time. So, um, uh, uh, but luckily, you know, good saving habits, you know, I was able to save up for a second deposit. Um, and basically, um, this time I um, did my own research and looked in the south side of Brisbane, um, Salisbury, 10 kilometers from the CBD. Mm, um, nice. And basically, um, again, I, I could see it was a little bit undervalued um, compared to the north side of Brisbane. Um, so, you know, do lots of online research, comparable sales, that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, interesting story for this purchase was I basically finished, um, you know, whole seven, seven night shifts in intensive care. Oh, right. And then, and then <laughs> flew up, um, to Brisbane. I lined Brisbane. up, you know, I can't remember 10, 12 properties over the, um, the, the weekend, this, um, to inspect, yep. um, had a rental car and just, went around to all the different properties and there's only one that I could, um, that I really liked, um, and then put an offer in yep. and, um, yeah, it was accepted. Um, which wow. Was exciting. Jeez. Okay. Wow. So after seven night shifts, basically consecutively in a row, you decided to jump on the first available plane <laughs> the next day on a Saturday, line up 10 to 12 properties and hit it all up in one go on the, on the, on the same day. And one out of 12 has landed. That's well done. Yeah. Gee, okay, that's a <laughs> that's a lot of dedication. Did you stay overnight on that day, or yeah, uh, yeah. You... I, I, I think I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I think I went the night before and yeah. then you know, did get some sleep, and then oh, um, good, yeah. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, sometimes I, I know sometimes we all have to do the same day trips, but uh, yeah, luckily you didn't have to come back on the same day. You'll yeah. be pretty exhausted by that time. Okay, so um, so this one actually sounds like you've done all the research yourself, isn't it? So you didn't go through a buyer's agent this time um and so what was the approach uh you took here like um what was the methodical approach because obviously you sounded like you're a very logical person you've got your yeah. own way of uh determining factors and, and elements in terms of deciding whether this property is an investment grade would you mind yeah. be able to share us a little bit of that insight yes so basically um what i liked about um this suburb and this property at the time was the proximity to the cbd um, close to amenities, um, mm -hmm. uh, train station, hospital, yep. um, university, um, and it was surrounded by, um, you know, more expensive suburbs. So I could see, you know, gentrification was already in progress and I could see mm. continue to be. Mm -hmm. um, and as I said from before, I wanted a larger um, block. So this one was 600 plus square meters. Good. Um, older house, um, high set, um, four bedrooms, two bathrooms, um and um pretty reasonable condition i think it had probably um uh, even though it was probably built in the 1960s um it had had a um you know some minor renovations mm. you know maybe 10 20 years ago um so it was good presentation and at the time it was very soft market different to now yeah um and basically um yeah it was good timing as well because um literally um um, a few weeks after was, um, you know, the federal election, 2019. Oh, yes, and, yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's when, um, I guess, once there was a lot of certainty back in the market, you know, lots of property purchases jumped in. So it was good timing as well. So you bought at the uncertain times at that point, isn't it? Because that... I remember, if I, if I remember correctly, 2019 was the time when Labor was proposing to scrap negative gearing, basically. Right. 
yeah. And then that was the miracle win with uh, ScoMo coming back on again. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So just around that period. Um, so how much did you bought this one for? Yeah. So that was 625K. Um, and today it'd probably be worth um, probably between one and 1.1. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Again, it's done very, very well in the in the last three years that you've held it onto it. Uh, and rental wise, it hasn't been much issues in terms of getting a tenant like the first one. Or oh no, th- this one um, overall has been good. Have had um, I think two lots of tenants initially rent uh, five fifty and yep. um, recently um, as I said six eighty. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Now uh, that's uh, it's all nice buy and hold type of uh, strategy for for these two by the sounds of it. And it's, I think it lays good foundation for your portfolio as well because now that you're able to probably look at extracting some equity out of it, um, so that way you're able to go again mm. moving forward, right? So, yeah. so what will be what will be the future perspectives at the moment? I know you said you want to continue to build your property portfolio. If you're looking at the next one, what would you be looking at? Yeah. Um, so I think Perth looks quite interesting at the moment. Um, okay, yeah. you, know, um, you know, I think it's a bit undervalued compared to some of the Eastern um, seaboard cities. Yes. Um, and basically um, I think it's got strong fundamentals as well. I think it's, you know, in, you know, the, my initial thoughts was, oh, it's just, you know, just iron ore mining, mining and everything else. Yeah. But, but, you know, I think, you know, listening to one of your recent podcasts as well, you know, um, uh, I think it was David Hall. David Hall talking about, you know, it's got um, other industries and also it's not just iron ore, but also um, you know gold, uh, lithium, um, um, etc. And you know, lots of um, high-paying jobs. I think it's got pretty good fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think also as well, you know, with the recent media talking about Sydney coming down, I think possibly in the next few years, I mean, you know, Sydney might even. Um, look interesting as well yeah yeah okay all right so you're open to all all options at the moment um i did sorry let me let me circle back a little bit uh i forgot to ask you about because you obviously you've done your research previously uh what what was your overarching property strategy when you're building your portfolio like are you looking for cash flow properties looking for capital growth properties you're looking for a balanced portfolio um what, what what is your overarching strategy at the moment yeah, definitely. I, th- I think rental yields and cash flow is important. Um, you know, to be able to, um, you know, s- service the loans and and keep you moving forward. But yeah, definitely, um, my strategy and from you know listening to many experts and doing my own research, I think residential property definitely is is meant to be for capital gains. Yes. Um, you know, if you wanting just cash flow, you know, there's, um, you know, easier kind of um uh, options. Mm-hmm. Um. And basically, um, yeah, I've been lucky so far to have some good capital growth and, you know, able to, um, yeah, in the future, use that equity capital growth to, you know, purchase more assets. And basically once have a good um, asset base, um, you know, later on, it enables you to have options to be able, you know, to, to convert, you know, some to shares or to yep. um, commercial property or to, you um, um, kind of more cash flow but i yes. think definitely in the early stages um you want to get the um, properties right that will grow um, um because you know there's a lot of costs involved with property investing such as interest um property management mm. you know, etc um you know if you were doing it just for cash flow there's probably you know, easier ways yeah 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 okay so capital growth basically is is uh is what you've been focusing on primarily for the for the two right 
um, would you be looking at now that you've got your foundation, would you be looking at something that you can potentially manufacture equity for the next uh, purchase that you're looking at? You know, because I, I think the two that you told me, the uh, the Brighton and the Salisbury one, both are kind of just buy and hold. There isn't too much that you can do to the property. Maybe uh, for Salisbury, maybe a bit of renovation, but it sounded mm. like it wasn't pretty decent condition anyway. With Actually, with Salisbury, you said you mentioned it was a high set. Uh, was downstairs built out to a degree? Yeah, downstairs was built out. So there's ah, awesome. kind of two, two extra rooms. Two extra um, rooms. And yeah. I guess um, that also, that kind of extra twist or extra pro was yep. able to help me achieve a higher rent as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's how I was able to achieve kind of like close to 700 uh, in, the, in the current market, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, okay. All right. Um, okay. So yeah. So in terms of the valuates, what would be what would you be looking at next one? Would you be looking at bigger blocks of land, something with subdivision potential, or with Glen Flat, or um, you know, have you got any thoughts in mind in terms of where that ideal next property is, or what type of um, that property will be? Yeah, I think um, I think I'm happy with building. You know, kind of this. You know, if you like bread and butter kind bread of portfolio. Butter. Okay. You know, able to. Um, go up in value and yes you know if something does have um development potential subdivision potential that could be okay but i think also as well in the current market you know a lot of those are factored in into the price mm. um and i guess um you also also have to consider whether you've got the time or the skills to be able to do development or subdivisions um etc um but uh yeah at the moment um i guess with like other busy professionals probably um, you know, it would take up even more of your valuable time if That's you were true. to try and learn development or subdi yeah. subdivisions. But yeah, something to consider. Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, you you are a busy professional. <laughs> I keep forgetting about that. Being a doctor and probably work seven days a week as well to uh, to try to make more money. Um, okay. No, that's good. Um, now, in terms of your goals um everyone's in this property investment game for a bit of a goal um have you got some sort of ultimate goal what does what does financial freedom look like in daniel lamb's eyes yes so i think um definitely you know working 68 hour weeks you know would be good to be able to cut down on that um mm -hmm. you know take a few more holidays um that sort of thing um I wouldn't say I at the moment have an exact kind of figure goal or okay. you know, still relatively young. And um, I think listening to some of the other and talking to other um, older investors and, and colleagues, you know, often your goals do change over time um, and, and um, plans change and things like that. Um, but at the moment, um, uh, yeah, um, in, in, in enjoying my stage at the moment and, looking to grow the portfolio um, and also, yeah, also, you know, like helping um, uh, friends and family who uh, come ask me for advice and, okay. and you know, tips and, yep. and strategies um, and I'm happy to help them out. That's awesome. Um, and also, yeah, I can see, you know, the other thing that um, I'm passionate about is um, helping some of my, um, you know, healthcare colleagues um, avoid mistakes. Mm. Um, I find Often, uh, uh, doctors, especially, um, often targeted by spruikers, and um, you know, sometimes their accountants or um, yes, brokers um, might not necessarily have their best interests at heart. You know, recommending you know off the plan um, units, apartments, yeah. um, and that sort of thing. Um, okay, yeah, I've got you know one one particular 
that stands out is yeah a couple of years ago you know one of my colleagues um got kind of signed up into an off the plan apartment you know kind of outskirts of sydney um mm. you know quite far out from the cbd um and then when it come time to settle and there were delays for settlement you know the purchase price the bank valuation price was actually substantially below the wow the, the contract price. price and then you know ran out of money and i think they had to even borrow money from family and friends and even now i think would be negative equity mm. so i think that just um made me want to um you know help um spread the word and help other colleagues kind of avoid making a you know really bad first decision because you know if on the other hand you make a really good first decision first property yes you know it enables you to move forward get into your second third etc yeah. yeah the first property is definitely the key enabler in terms of how you can continue and how quickly you can continue to accumulate um the, the stages as well so yeah definitely look um you know it's uh I can see why you're jumping on the podcast today because you definitely want to use that, uh, want to spread the word, want to share the knowledge a bit more so people can avoid having that, having to go into that pitfalls, especially as you said, doctors has been one of the key primary targets for a lot of the yeah, plans. Yeah, you because know. often, you know, time poor and, and yeah. you know, they just might say, oh, you know, just find someone that'll do it for me. And, 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 um, but I, I find it, it is important um, to educate yourself, you know. Yes. You know, in um, doctors, nurses, allied health, often we spend so much of our time looking after patients, um, um, you know, both clinical work, paperwork, that sort of thing, to then not um, have that much time um, to look after our own yeah, physical health at times as well, but also not just physical health, but financial health. Financial health. Yeah. Um, I think that's a concept that I think is very important. Um, you know, not only, you know, some of my colleagues um, or um, some of the senior colleagues that I see, you know, might be on very high incomes, um, but often, you know, they might be spending a lot, you mm. know, uh, lifestyle creep. Um, and also, um, um, as I said, often being taken advantage of yeah. by certain financial firms. Um, and, um, you know, there's some stories in the media as well. That's for and sure. I basically wanted to uh, not be like that and having good um, saving habits, discipline, um, educate myself from an early stage. Um, yeah. Excellent role model, I got to say. Obviously, you know, when you when you reach out and, uh, you know, you're promoting that um, that important concept about financial awareness for your colleagues and, you know, medical professionals in general. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those which I don't hear a lot at all. Um, I do hear a lot of them being spruced, unfortunately, into buying off plan. And then I'm trying to help a few that's trying to get out at the moment or even just try to try to settle the property and then be able yeah. to kind of sell that because, you know, they worked out that after it's only an artifact that they, they, they understand and they realize it is a terrible investment decision they got into. But yeah, as you said, if we're able to spread the words and have that, um, you know, uh, without them having even to sign up in the first place, then I reckon we've, we've, we've made the world a better place basically. So. Awesome. Thanks, Daniel. Um, just before we wrap up, uh, mindful of the time, um, any last minute, uh, any lessons? Uh, I know you've, you know, you had a few years of investing experiences. Uh, what are the three biggest takeaways uh, for investors? Yeah. So I think it is, um, as I said, taking the time to look after your financial health. Yep. Um, you know, um, you know, you know, often in the healthcare industry, we look after others, but we also have to look after ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, 
a lot of starting salary isn't that high, particularly for healthcare professionals. Yeah. Um, and basically we want to put that money to good use. Um, and secondly, I would say um, is starting early. Um, you know, the, you know, um, you know, the magic of compound growth, um, you know, compounding on good property decisions rather than making bad property decisions. Um, and, um, um, yeah, you know, hearing some of the other stories out there of people starting very young, mm. um, um, you know, sets them up in good stead. Um, and I think number three is having a, um, important, um, a, a team around you. I think, um, um, whether it be the correct mortgage broker, um, accountant, um, um, buyer's agent, yeah. um, you know, and also, um, because they can help give you advice. For example, um, going back to my second property purchase at a time when lending was difficult, mm. um, I had to pay the lender's mortgage insurance. Yeah. Um, you know, some people would say, oh, don't, don't pay it. Um, but at the time it enabled me to get into, um, um, that property purchase and in the grand scheme of things, you know, that 10 or 12 grand, um, LMI, um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's gone up, you know, 400, 500K. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay, yeah, so surround yourself with the right professionals who can give you, who can obviously, you know, give you the right advice in terms of the area of expertise. And and you're spot on with the OMI. You know, a lot of times it's about, I look at OMI as an enabler um, for you to be, you know, to be able to get into an opportunity of controlling an asset, right? Ultimately, the asset is going to go up and then the OMI just become part of the cost, um, cost base, essentially, so... Um, it is just an enabler at the end of the day. Um, not something evil. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. paint it as something evil. Um, it's probably not not as great when you have to pay LMI for your home. Um, but you know, when it comes to investment property, I have no issues about it either. So, okay, awesome. No, thank you. Thanks, Daniel. Really appreciate your time and sharing your wisdom and knowledge today. Uh, I'm sure our uh, listeners would have taken away a lot from it. And uh, we look forward to uh, hearing more about your uh, subsequent investment stories later in the years. No worries. Thanks for having me, David. No problem, Daniel. All right. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, we uh, hope you liked the episode and uh, like Daniel's story. Uh, like I said before, uh, we don't, you know, whether you have one property, whether you get no property, whether you're looking at building an investment property portfolio, um, let us know, reach out. Um, I'm more than happy to, uh, to, to jump on and uh, have a bit of yarn about uh, what's going on. Um, until then, we will see you guys again in another episode of Spark Your Fire. Take care and see you soon.